how many Americans get each type of tree? That's exactly the question we're going to be answering on this episode of the EF Show, where we are going to be discussing, you know, what type of tree each type of American likes to get. You know, there's the artificial trees, there's the real trees, and some in between. So, we're going to be looking at great examples of that, and later on in the episode, we are going to answer that question of which type of tree is better, and we are going to end it with some news from around the world this week. So get ready, and here we go. Americans have preferred to put their presents under a real Christmas tree. In 2018, for example, they purchased 32.8 million Christmas trees, while 23.6 million fake trees were purchased. That's from Statista.com. So many more like the real tree, but there can be benefits of a regular artificial tree, such as a family experience, experience to pick one out. You can also plant it so... It actually stays around for years to come. That would allow you to use it again. You could always just, you know, take it out of the ground, put it up, you know, put it in whatever you want to to keep it uh, healthy and alive. And then whenever you're done with it, just plant it again and then you reuse it. And so it's cheaper that way. Uh, They're smaller, so they won't take up as much space, but still be a nice size for everyone to enjoy. Here's some pros of real Christmas trees. One acre of Christmas trees provides enough oxygen for 18 people every day. Buying real Christmas trees supports small tree farms in the USA. Environmentally uh, friendly and recyclable trees are real. I mean, the other ones, the plastic ones, normally aren't. Christmas trees are able to grow in soil that is unfit for other crops, so you're giving uh, the soil a chance to you know, be used and it's not just wasted. It has a good uh, use, and that can actually help out a lot of farmers. In just one Christmas tree, it can absorb one ton of CO2 during its lifetime. With over 350 million trees growing at any one time, you can just imagine the benefits. So picture this entire area uh, that is just these Christmas trees. And if you buy more, they're going to start growing more. And when they grow more, you know, that's... That's actually going to help the whole lot. And when you know, you're getting one ton and then you multiply that by 350, you're looking at 350 million tons of CO2 being removed. And that is going to really help us with this whole climate change topic that we're all hooked on right now. According to the National Christmas Tree Association, Christmas trees support the economy by, by helping to employ 100,000 people. That is a lot and, you know, you can give people some jobs for the holidays. That's good. That's a good way to make make some money and to uh, help a lot of people. <coughs> um, at tree farms, when a tree is cut down, it is immediately repra- replaced with another one. So you're not losing out. You're not just, it's not just a waste. So you're going to keep replacing them. So they're going to keep getting used. So those are the pros of real trees. But let's look at the artificial side because uh, they have pretty close numbers on how many get these trees. So some pros of artificial Christmas trees, they can save you money over time, they last an average of seven to nine years, watering is not necessary and no needle mess, they are easy to set up, and let's not forget the safety that is secured in these trees. They will not catch on fire. 
generally. Now, if they are, are under the wrong circumstance, yes, they are flammable, but not generally. They will generally will not catch on fire. So you don't really have to worry about the cleanup of the mess or anything. And, um, you know, you can decorate them with almost anything without threat of them breaking. You know, branches break on real Christmas trees. But artificial ones, you know, they're gonna, they're held up firm. They're not going to break. And you can hang anything on them. I mean, if stuff gets hot on it, it'll be perfectly fine. You don't have to worry about it. And you don't have to worry about ornaments shattering if they hit the ground. Because, you know, those little, like, pricks on the uh, pine needles that are in um, the artificial trees help to hold the ornaments on there. And most come with a string of quality lights. You know, a lot of real Christmas trees, they don't. You have to string them yourself, and that just means sometimes that you need to buy lights, and you'll go cheap more than expensive. So you're going to end up with some better lights and a better-looking Christmas tree if you get an artificial one. Uh, made with a foundation that allows them to stay sturdy and straight up, so you don't want to worry about them slouching or falling over or anything, making you a bigger mess. The plugs have a power surge protector uh, to the whole tree, and it will not explode in your living room. It literally will not explode. So, now we need to circle back around to the cons of real Christmas trees. So, the cons of real trees, they have needles that definitely cause a mess. Trees can carry allergens, so if you're allergic to them, that is not a good time. They use pesticides that are not organic, so if you're a person that doesn't like using non-organic uh, non stuff, then this is definitely not for you. Depending on where they, depending on where you live, trees may be transported for hundreds of miles. They are not a local thing, um, and you know it doesn't matter anyways. Even artificial trees, most of them are not local, but I mean. You're creating more CO2 as shipping them, and that and the amount of CO2 produced by these are a lot. They can be a burden, um, definitely. I mean, bringing them to your home, you gotta strap them on top of your car. You definitely don't want to make a mess inside your car, so you gotta make a mess outside of your car. Well, then you have the problem of the weather and everything. And once you get back, bringing it inside, and we all see those commercials where people are bringing trees back inside in the amount of snow left behind. So an artificial box tree is much uh, cleaner. It's a much easier transport. While the real trees, you really have to kind of look over. And that leads us into the cons of artificial trees. And these cons include 85% of all uh, artificial Christmas trees are made in China. I mean, most plastic things are. Transporting these trees overseas consumes oil and fuel. Uh, they also release carbon emissions. However, I do have to say not as much as shipping real Christmas trees. Shipping real Christmas trees takes time, extra money, and a whole lot of other precautions to make sure these real trees are staying safe and in a good environment to look better. Because, you know, the whole real Christmas tree thing is making them look uh, really plump and good. That's why a lot of parking lot Christmas tree setups will have these massive, you know, light fixtures that kind of blind you. It's to make the trees look better. They are made with harm harmful chemicals. These artificial trees are. I mean, it's in the plastic. That's going to happen. But the harmful chemicals are not harmful to you unless you are A, allergic to them, which most people are not, as a very rare scenario, or B, you somehow get some and you eat it, which I don't think we're snacking on pine needles anytime soon. After disposing an artificial tree, it will lay in landfills for centuries. That is and isn't true. 
and all these pros or cons are from Shreetown.com. And that that quote about the uh, they will lay in landfills for centuries, yes and no. Uh, artificial trees are made out, out of, of m- many different materials. So some of them, now you now most of them will sit for a extremely long time. And so, yes, they will take, I mean, there are some that will take centuries, I believe, but not all of them. They are classifying as specific one or two. They do make some out of material that is uh, biodegradable, and you can get those, I believe they have them at Home Depot, maybe Lowe's, um, but you might use a special order them just in case, but they do have those options out there. So it's definitely not a kind of honed in example it's not something that that's the only option there is there are other options and i mean looking back over christmas trees that are real and everything you know there's some really good ones i'm gonna leave it up to you though to decide it's i mean based on those pros and cons it's it's really up to you there's nothing right now that to me reading just the straight facts with no opinion and bias I mean, there's nothing pulling me either way. There's pros that are really good and cons that are pulling it down. So that kind of evens it out. So after this break, you're going to look deeper into the environmental impacts with real versus artificial trees. So according to AccuWeather's article on Christmas trees, a real Christmas a real tree is renew is a renewable resource, whereas a fake tree is usually made from plastic, which is derived from oil, a non non renewable resource. The real tree can be recycled as mulch, compost, or a wildlife shelter. That's nice. You know, you can have a little bird up in there, and you know, you can have some animals. You might see some squirrels if you're a photographer. That's a great thing to do. Uh, I know some people that they like to plant their Christmas trees, and now we have an entire lane of Christmas trees, and that's fun. Um, and you you get some real wildlife. So if you're a photographer, definitely look into this because real trees might be for you. But you have to keep in mind. You can't just plant any old Christmas tree. You have to make sure that it is still being watered, that it is alive, that it has a chance. Because, you know, there are some that are going to be kind of messed up if you just kind of stick them out there and they haven't had any of the right uh, things done to them in months. And, you know, the fake tree can't be uh, planted, obviously. That's just kind of a put-it-back-in-the-box type of thing. A real tree absorbs carbon dioxide uh, while they grow, which helps reduce impacts of climate change. That is a uh, fact I quoted earlier, and is something, I mean, it's small, but it helps out. I mean, I think it's kind of cool in a way. Real trees do not contain any harmful chemicals, but fake trees are often made with a plastic polyvinyl chloride, PVC, or volatile organic compounds, VOCs. Uh, whose manufacturer releases high toxic material. So, you know, you see the factories and things, and that's definitely true. And, you know, that might not affect you. I mean, if you don't really care all that much about, you know, China and their situations over there. But, I mean, if you're really caring about the whole globe, that is something that you can keep in mind, is that factories do release a lot of that 
Now, not buying your Christmas tree probably won't do anything, but because I mean they're still making them. But I mean, if you feel better about getting a real Christmas tree, I mean, just go ahead. It's your decision. Uh, so another example is real trees require a lot more shipping energy, and this is one I found fascinating while researching this uh, for this episode. Then one-time shipment of a fake tree that will be used for an average of nine years. So, you know, you're looking at a fake tree that you're going to use for an average of nine years. And then you look at a real tree that you're using one time, maybe two, three at most, if you do the right stuff to it. But it it requires a lot more shipping energy. So we're looking at CO2 production. We are looking at gas. We're looking at so that's using fossil fuels. And then everything else that's involved with that is just adding up. So I thought that was quite interesting because, you know, you don't see that all the time. These uh, statistics about this stuff. But, I mean, it's out there. And that's actually what's going on. So it is environmentally better on the energy side. Uh, to get a artificial tree because it is a kind of a one-time thing and at least for the decade it's once a decade and then you know you just use it and there's not really that much I mean wrong with it you expect the exact same thing every year about 85% of fake trees are made in China and are shipped farther than real trees they require considerably less energy to ship however because ships are going to be using less of that uh, energy overall. They're going to be a simple thing and then they can be transferred in many different ways. While real Christmas trees require a very specific set, artificial ones, they're boxes. They could just be shipped the most efficient way you need. I mean, you can have electric vans that do these things. But real ones that need to be kept under certain conditions are going to take a little bit more. There are still a lot of real Christmas trees uh, going into landfills. Uh, that is very bad for the environment because as they decompose, very slowly they, they create methane, which is a greenhouse gas, which is actually warming up our Earth. We do not need that. We do not want to become Venus. You know about Venus, super hot, not a good time. That is exactly, if we keep going with this whole climate change thing, what will happen to Earth. And... I mean, that's an extreme scenario, us being like Venus, but it's essentially the same thing, rising temperatures. So methane has uh, 25 times the potency of carbon dioxide, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA. And so, I mean, what do you think is better, methane or carbon dioxide? We'll look at the number 25 times it, methane is worse than carbon dioxide. So looking at it, go with the fake tree because... It's 25 times worse. So, you know, it's you can either have one time worse or 25 times worse. There's not anything in between. I mean, people who don't throw them out, that's fine and everything, but still, they're going to decompose some time. So you're going to inevitably have that. So in reality, you know, there is no perfect, but the numbers are there. Once again, I'm going to let you decide. You can be the decision maker on what type of tree you get this year, but whatever you do, have a good time with it. It's the holidays. It's fun. And all that's from uh, AccuWeather.com. So after this very short break, we'll uh, look at uh, weather news from around the world from this week, and there are some quite interesting stories going around. occurred on Interstate 80 in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, with about 50 vehicles involved in the crash. There was one serious injury, but no fatalities, luckily. So, I saw the video on Twitter originally, and I thought that this was crazy. Some person had pulled off to the side of the road, and they were uh, going and recording it all as vehicles barreled into this car crash. It was crazy. 
So the video of a person pulled off to the side of the road um, in the crash, it shows big rigs going full speed on the icy roads barreling right into the already crashed vehicles. There were cars sliding out of control to avoid it because, you know, this is on the highway. This is a two or three lane highway. And when you have two or three semis that are kind of jackknife in the middle, there's no way of getting through. So cars who can't stop because of the icy conditions are having to go off to the side to avoid it. Well, then they're crashing and flipping over in the ditch, and that's what's crazy. The original crash was a few cars in a semi or two, but quickly grew as near whiteout conditions blocked drivers from seeing the, the crash until it was too late. These whiteout conditions you could see maybe 50 to 100 feet in front of you. Even with high beams and fog lights and everything, you couldn't see anything. So as this came up, it happened all at once. You could slam on your brakes all you want. You are not stopping. You are skidding and sliding. It is, it is basically car crash on ice basically looking at a theatrical a musical going on here and every single car is crashing into each other. The Iowa State Patrol said that the crash tore into the sides of the semi-trailers uh, and their mangled fronts of some vehicles and shredded trunks of others. So temperatures fell into the low 20s Fahrenheit as a snow squall arrived and visibility was reduced to below quarter of a mile, AccuWeather meteorologist Randy Atkins says. The narrow band of heavy snow moved eastward across central and eastern Iowa on Monday afternoon, causing the National Weather Service to issue Iowa's first ever snow squall warning. That is a, that's something uh, on a whole other topic, but the National Weather Service, to take a tangent here real quick, uh, has actually updated some of their warnings, watches, and advisories, and they came out with a whole bunch more. So I think many of these are interesting because they really get more in-depth. So as you get these warnings, you know exactly what the warning is for. There is no more kind of general overviews. I mean, they still have the winter weather advisory, but they have, you know, blizzard warnings now, uh, snow squall warnings. So you get these detailed subcategory warnings that are really going to show you, just based on the name, what exactly will be happening. So total snow amounts in Des Moines uh, were generally less than an inch, but the combination of a slick coating of snow significantly reduced visibility. With wind gusts near 40 likely produced very dangerous driving conditions, so those whiteout conditions as I mentioned. Going up to Minnesota, there was actually 114 crashes. That is a ton for one day. Uh, it, it injured 16, uh, and there was 114 spinouts or vehicles that were off of the road. There were eight jackknife semis uh, from 11 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. on Monday. So that is six and a half hours of just pandemonium. And I mean, even at those times, you know, you're looking at ones that are maybe 30 minutes apart, so that six and a half hour time was actually cut down to maybe a two or three hour period of constant crashes so that's a lot in a short amount of time and the pictures or video are crazy and uh the link to the article is in the description it's another accuweather article but it's crazy so in other news we're gonna dive under to uh sydney sydney australia uh there have been fires going on nonstop now for quite a while and leaving eastern australia halted in the smoke uh, so the title of the Guardian article that we are quoting is Sydney's air 11 times worse than the hazardous level as Australia's bu uh, bushfires rage. So just by the title, 11 times worse than hazardous. You're looking at catastrophic amounts of damage and things that are going to be going on here. So Disney, dis uh, Disney, Sydney disappeared behind a thick layer of uh, bushfire or brush. 
fire smoke that blanketed the city and pushed air quality 11 times higher than considered hazardous on Tuesday. Authorities warned that there was a potentially lethal combination of high temperatures and heavy winds. Lethal amounts. That is crazy. Across Sydney, buildings were evacuated regularly as fire alarms were triggered at random. Sydney's landmarks were lost in the haze, and there were many photos around of people who had weddings or events, photographers were posting pictures, you know, you're supposed to be able to see all of the great landmarks that when you think of Australia, you think of these ones in Sydney, you couldn't see any of them. So paramedics uh, were attending up to 100 respiratory-related call-outs per day. Uh, the state's health department warned residents to stay indoors as much as possible amid the unprecedented smoke pollution. Uh, Richard Broom said that the smoke in Sydney was some of the worst air quality that we've ever seen. Six people have died, almost 700 homes have been destroyed, and at least 2.7 meters, uh, 2.7 uh, meter hectares, I don't understand metrics, um, 2.7 m hectares have burned. So I'm assuming that means 2.7 million some acres probably is about as close as we can get to that. So, I mean, you're not exactly taught all that, so more you know. So, uh, fire stretched the distance from uh, New South Wales, the entire New South Wales coastline. Uh, drought has gripped this part of Australia for several months. Um, one fire at Gospers Mountain, north of Sydney, has already burned through some uh, 319,000 hectares. And that's from the Guardian.com, uh, the Australian news website. And that is absolutely crazy, though. Think about that. I mean, even if you're talking about that, you're talking miles. And this is comparable to some of the biggest fires, you know, California's ever seen. And there are images on these websites and everything of current fires or current fire watches and stuff that you could see where you can see exactly where every single fire is. And most of this New South Wales region is completely blanketed in many of these, uh, you know, fires and like the even the fire symbol is taking up most of what is Eastern Australia. Um, hopefully people are okay. They are giving out uh, masks in many places. Uh, I read also that uh, many schools in the uh, Sydney metro are uh, giving out free complimentary masks and they are canceling school for the afternoon hours so students could get home. And sometimes they're even having delays or just flat out canceling school. Uh, looking back though at this uh, fake alarm readings and things when you have this much haze coming from smoke you know these smoke alarms could be going off and when a fire is this close to a major city like this people are going to be worried so they're going to take these for uh the tr they're going to take these for the truth and so they keep evacuating so imagine working in these conditions anyways you're not getting any work done so why even be there so many businesses have canceled and that's why you know this whole thing is of sydney being kind of shut off and halted right now nothing's really coming in and there's some going out, but you're looking at the airport. And, I mean, it's delays and everything, so it's crazy. A lot of people aren't getting places, and so things are slowing down. So there's going to be a major speed-up that needs to happen here with A, getting the fires out, but B, you know, getting everything else done. So it's kind of crazy. 
So hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, make sure to stay tuned to our social medias at uh, EF Meteorology on Twitter. And uh, make sure to check out any of our other episodes if you haven't watched them yet. Hopefully you're enjoying this holiday season. Uh, we've added some fun festive music in. And hopefully that brightens up your day a little bit. But looking overall, I mean... Christmas trees at the beginning, and that's kind of the main topic of our podcast. Real ones versus fake ones, it's up to you. I mean, there's about even, about split even on uh, which one is better. Uh, looking at crazy crashes in Iowa, you know, crazy amounts of stuff. Basically, stay safe while driving. Make sure you know what's going on at all times and be as prepared as possible in case something like that happens to you. Environmental issues currently in the world fires everywhere it's like interstellar the entire earth is burning and i mean that's all related to co2 greenhouse effects and everything and there's so much that you can link this back to even back to a simple christmas tree that's in your living room that you know brings so much warmth and light um when you take that to the bigger picture add those by millions and billions and bajillions you're looking at a global scale that is irreversible. So it's all interesting to see how even the smallest thing can affect an entire continent and even the whole world. So knowledge, good, good stuff to listen to. And so hopefully you enjoy our podcasts. And uh, yeah, so I want to thank you all again and uh, have a great rest of your weekend.